Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio.
relationships we joined in and we connected with before we got saved can be affecting your saved relationship at this present time. Because there was never a disconnection from it, or there may be, but it was a disconnection. But the enemy, you got to understand, the devil don't play fair. The devil do not play fair. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. Do the devil know, now let me ask you, do the devil know that Jesus conquered him and defeated him on Calvary's cross? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do the devil know? That when Jesus rose from the dead, he rose with all authority. King James said power. But it wasn't power. It's authority. He rose with all authority in heaven and in earth. That's what the Bible says. Do Satan know that? Absolutely. So if Satan knows that Jesus conquered him, defeated him, the Bible says in Hebrews 2, 14, if I'm not mistaken, Jesus partook of flesh and blood that he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Is that the Bible? Absolutely. The Bible goes on to say in the book of Colossians that Jesus disarmed principalities and powers, making assure them, open and triumphant over them, and it disarmed them of their authority. Do the principalities and powers know that? Absolutely. Then why are we still, as Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers? But the, we read in one verse, he disarmed them, dismantled them, stripped them of their authority. Then Paul turns around, the same Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So either Jesus dismantled them, or he didn't. That goes to show you the devil don't play fair. So if the devil is operating, he's operating illegally because Jesus conquered him. He dismantled, he stripped Satan and the principal and the power of their authority, not their power, their authority. So they have no right to do some of the stuff that is happening in the earth, some of the destruction that is taking place, some of the sickness and diseases he's placing on people, some of the divorces that is taking place. He's the author of all this stuff. He is the author of confusion. He is a manipulator. He's the one that causes envy and strife and jealousy and covetousness. That covetous thing is something else. I see a lot of that stuff in some of my relationships, or even some of my close relationships. So he's the author of this foolishness. So therefore, if he done all of this, and the Lord began to deal with me about something this morning. I was before the Lord and kind of metal saying him some of the things that the Lord articulated to us on yesterday concerning um, some of the manipulation that takes place. So I the question, is God the author of confusion? Absolutely not. So there's confusion. That means Satan is involved. My problem with us Christians is um, it has become so normal, we just allow it to ride. We don't stop and think, wait a minute, this is not God. When we're argumentative, it is not God. We don't stop and think that somebody's under the influence of a spirit. That is not God. There is no confusion in heaven. There is no arguments in heaven. So we, we, we don't stop and think. But I'm going somewhere to prep you for what the Lord is going to share with us tonight. Because the Lord dealt with me. He said, um, all of this information that you're sharing about spiritual wives um, and the manipulation, how the, uh, 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 the uh, incubus spirit and the succubus spirit, we kind of broke all of that down on yesterday. So he said, all this information, he said, it, it is good, it is fine. He said, uh, he said, but that's not the real issue. He said, Satan is really not the real issue. He said, principalities and powers is not the real issue. Spiritual wives and spiritual husbands is really not the real issue. It was the real issue, Father. Lord, what's the real issue? He said, did I conquer Satan? Y yes. Did I conquer principalities and powers? Yeah, you, you, you did. Well, did I conquer sickness and disease? Yes, sir. Did, did I conquer poverty, lack, and famine? Yes, sir. It, did I conquer chaos, confusion, division? 
Yes, sir. Did I conquer lying demons? You, you, you did, sir. Well, did I conquer every work of darkness? Did I not conquer Satan and his cohorts? Yes. Then why are you focused on the things that I have conquered, the entities that I have conquered? He says, son, the real issue in the earth is not Satan. The real issue in the earth is not demon spirits. The real, what is the issue, Father? He said, I want you to go back over the series that I had you to share, and you're still sharing, on the anatomy of man. He said, the real issue is not demons, not spiritual wives, not spiritual husbands. He said, any time you see confusion, chaos, and you see the advancement of darkness, it's not because they're, I did not conquer them. He says, because of one thing and one thing only. That is man's Adamic nature. He said nothing else. I defeated Satan. I defeated Satan. I defeated principles and powers. He said, when you see these things progressing in the lives of the church, in the lives of humanity, in, the, in your home, in your marriage, with your children, with my apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He said, it is because of one thing, son, and one thing, men refuse to die. The only way that Satan can propagate darkness is through a life that have not died. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit? A life that has not died. When there is death, Satan cannot operate. He have no avenue. He have no channel. He have no conduit that he can flow through. I'm talking about the defeated foe. I conquered him. I never assigned the church to conquer Satan. It's nowhere in the Bible. It's nowhere in the Scripture. It's nowhere in the Scripture that I gave the church a charge to defeat Satan. Why would I give the church a charge to defeat someone I have already defeated? Did not the word say, it's in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he gave us victory. And the victory he gave us is a person. So the only way a man and a woman can have a spiritual wife or a spiritual husband is because they have yielded the Adamic nature to the enemy in the income. So we're dealing with we're dealing with symptoms. We're dealing with symptoms. The source is not demons. The source is not Satan. The source is your Adamic nature, our flesh. So we're going to deal with that a little bit of that today. And uh, let's look at some things here. And, and watch this right here. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Who or what is the greatest enemy to a move of God? Who or what is the greatest enemy to the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Who or what is the greatest enemy to the Holy Spirit, period? Do the Bible say Satan? We don't see it there. Do the Bible say demons? We don't see it in the Bible. Well, who is the greatest enemy against the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible tells us it's our flesh. Not Satan. Not demons. You want to know why? Satan and demons is not a, the greatest end to the Holy Spirit because Jesus conquered Satan and the demons. So there are no threat directly. Indirectly they are. There are no threat. 
The threat is us. The greatest enemy is not Satan. It is us. So we're going to look at some characteristics and attributes um, of uh, carnality. This is taken from a uh, series that we've been doing called The Anatomy of Man. Now, I want you to listen uh, attentively, if you will. Now, understand, carnality is not sinners. A sinner is not carnal. A sinner is exactly what they are, a sinner. Only a Christian can be carnal. There are three types of people in the world. You got the spiritual Christian, the carnal Christian, and the sinner. You got spiritual carnal sinner. Spiritual carnal Christian. I'm the sinner. Paul breaks it down in the uh, book of Corinthians. First Corinthians, he breaks it down beautifully. First chapter, second chapter, third chapter. And you get a chance to uh, read that, but we're not going to go through all of that because of our time. Let's look at this, if you will. Now, as I begin to, these are some characteristics and attributes that uh, uh, in this message, I think I have, let me see how many I have. Um, we're not going to get to them all tonight. Forty characteristics. I'm sure it's much, much, much more, uh, but these are the ones I, I came up with and wrote down. I want you to listen to the characteristics and attributes of, of, of carnality. Let me probably read the scripture here to have us see this thing. All of us agree that the Corinthian church was the, was the most gifted church. They flourished in the gifts of the Spirit, and not only flourished in the gifts of the Spirit, they flourished in knowledge, the Bible says. You'll find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 through 7. They flourished in gifts, and they flourished in, uh, in knowledge. Second to anyone. They were second to no, no one. But then he turns around and makes this statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. But wait a minute, you calling them babes? This the gifted church. The one that have knowledge. They supersede everybody in knowledge, and they supersede everybody in gifts, and you calling them babes in Christ. You see how we get manipulated with spirituality? We call gifts of the spirit spirituality. We call gifts of the spirit spiritual. And that's why people strive for the gifts. But they don't strive for Christ. Once again, notice what it says. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. Wait a minute. You fed them with milk? This is the church that you said that, I mean, when it came down to the knowledge of the Scripture, you superseded everybody. But now you turn around and say in verse chapter 3, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. Verse 3, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? But I, 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 I thought I was a man. You were born again. You were a superman. You are not a regular man. You are not a regular woman. You are a super, supposed to be, anyway. You're supposed to be a super man and a super woman because you have a super Holy Spirit on the inside of you. But yet I'm carnal. Yet I flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Yet I articulate how knowledgeable I am of the Word of God. But yet he says here, he said, you're carnal. 
what is envy, strife, and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? One of the things I test almost everyone around me with is money. That's I t- I, I almost, especially my leaders. Uh, all my spiritual sons and daughters, they don't know when I be testing them, but I be testing them. Because that is the God of this world. And I see the manipulation. I see, I've, I've delivered, done things, I've, I brought things before people, and uh, and they don't know that I'd be testing them. That has destroyed more relationships than anything. That's carnal. That's carnality. That's carnality. But let's look at some of the characteristics and attributes, ladies and gentlemen, if you will, because I really want to try to put a dent in some of these here. Uh, characteristics and attributes. This is going to let me know and let you know if I'm a spiritual man or am I a carnal man. Now, let's, I need to probably tell you what the difference is. What is a spiritual man? What is a carnal man? What is a natural man? A natural man is a man that is, uh, uh, is a sinner, that is not born again, and does not have the Spirit of God in him. Now, the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, I think it's around about verse 9, the Bible says, he that has not the Spirit of God in him is none of his. The scripture wouldn't say that if everybody had the Spirit of God. So a lot of people say, all of us is God's children. Everybody in the world is not God's children. That's not the Bible. The Bible does not, does not say every human being is God's children. Every human being was made in the image and the likeness of God, but every human being is not God's children. Once again, he that has not the Spirit of God in him is none of his, is none of his. He don't belong to God if he don't have the Spirit of God in him. That's what the Bible says. That's the natural man. The carnal man is the man that has the Spirit of God in him, but is still living like the natural man. The natural man is 100%, 100% governed by what he sees, hears, smells, tastes, and feels. 100%. The carnal man is the same man that is born again with the Spirit of God, but still living 100% by what he sees, hears, smells, tastes, and feels. The spiritual man is the man that is born again, but he's living and walking in the Spirit of God. According to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. He's walking by faith, not by sight. He understands that Jesus is Lord, Master, and King, and ruler over everything. Not, not only understands it, it's a reality to him. A spiritual man see natural circumstances and situations the way God sees them. Jesus didn't see the storm the way the disciples saw the storm. Jesus didn't see a like of food to send everybody to the market and buy food because it's preaching three days and three nights. Jesus didn't see what they saw. He saw more than enough. They saw a like. Send the people away. Are you, are you getting this? A spiritual man sees from them the mind of God. A spiritual man is one like Jesus in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 19. For I do nothing but what I see my father do. I say nothing but what I hear my father say. A spiritual man is a loyal man. A spiritual man is a dedicated man. A spiritual man is know how to, like an Elijah and an Elijah, have a servant spirit. A spiritual man know how to give up everything for the cause of Christ, cause of God, spiritual man. A spiritual man is not envious, is not jealous. A spiritual man understands protocol, principles, a spiritual man. Let's just see if you will. Number one, these are characteristics and attributes of a carnal man. They like to argue and reason about almost everything because they don't understand everything. 
So when God is telling you to do something spiritual, the carnal man will argue and reason. It's not God. How can it be God? You've got to use wisdom. That's what the carnal man says. A carnal man would have said Abraham is a fool. He's up under the influence of demon spirits. That's what a carnal man would have said about Abraham. Number two, the carnal believer, their lack of spiritual experience troubles them. So they form an opinion that knowing mentally is possessing experientially. They are satisfied with knowing mentally. And they believe because they know mentally they possess experientially. They're deceived. Other words, they are the kind that hears the word and not do the word. But they're satisfied with hearing it. And they believe that they, because they're hearers of the word, and they're able to quote scripture from Genesis to Revelation, that they're just as or more than spiritual than the man that know God experientially. That's what happened to the, children, uh, the, the Corinthians. They came against the very man that God used to birth them into existence. They came against Paul. And they challenged Paul because they, had, they knew some scripture. They, 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 there was a level of measure of spirituality. They have a form of godliness, but they was a not of power. They were challenging their own spiritual father. And this is what they, Paul said. He said, when I get there, we're going to see. He said, for the kingdom of God comes not in word but in power. He said, we're going to see. Whoever has the power, then we'll submit one to another. If you got the power, I'll submit to you. If I got the power, then you're going to know that I'm the one that God chose for you. Number three, the carnal believer. They hold tenaciously to their minute opinions. They refuse to lay aside small differences. And pursue the common objective. I know God talked to me. I know God deal with me. But the very thing that you're holding on to tenaciously is bringing a wedge in the relationship. Somebody don't know God. Somebody ain't. Somebody got to be wrong. Because God is not out of confusion. This is the carnal believer. Number four. They are moved very easily with any vicissitude of life. There are times that they are very excited and happy. At other times, they are very despondent and sad. Up and down, up and down, up and down. You don't know how to take a carnal person. They was happy yesterday, and you think when you get in there, you enjoyed their company yesterday, and then once you go and say, hey, how you doing? Hey, okay, I'm all, I'm all right. And you say, is this the same person? Because carnal believers is governed by this realm. So when this realm change, they change. When the atmosphere change, they change. When the climate change, they change. Are you getting this? Number five, we're talking about the carnal believer. Their joy and their sorrows alike turn largely upon feelings. Their lives are susceptible to content changes, for they are governed by their emotions. I think I've read that wrong. Their lives are susceptible to constant changes. Their lives are susceptible to constant changes, for they are governed by their emotions. The carnal believer. They are governed by their emotions. So if the climate change, the emotions change. Their emotions change, their lives change. They are dominated by their emotions. They are dominated by their feelings. And their feelings and their emotions tell them what is truth and what is a lie. Not the word of God, but the emotions tell them what is truth, what is not truth. 
Are you hearing this? If the atmosphere changes, they change and they believe what they sensing. The negative, then they sensing something is wrong. When all the while they the only one sensitive. Somebody that's spiritual is with them. Say, what are you talking about? But can't you don't don't you see what's going on? Yeah, Jesus Lord. What are you talking about? Carnal. Number six, they are overly, they're oversensitive and very difficult to live with because they interpret every move around them as aimed at them. They interpret every move around them as aimed at them, oversensitive. It's like you got to walk on eggshells around them. You got to you got to really pray and the spirit speak in tongues. Them get a divine revelation before you speak to them. Say, God, help help me to say the right thing. Oversensitive, misinterpret everything that you say. Why? Because if you are speaking from the spirit and they are carnal, they it, their interpretation cannot be spiritual. What do the Bible say? A carnal mind is enmity, it's an enemy to God. So if I'm carnal and my spouse is spiritual, there's going to be a battle and a war. I'm speaking from one dimension, but she's or he's hearing from another dimension. She's going to think something wrong with you, you're going to think something wrong with her. And many times I'm going to call it a demon when it's really not a demon, but it could be the influence of a demon because that's how demons have access to the carnal nature. So the source is not the demon. The source is the nature, the Adamic nature. Are you getting this? You need to get this series. Number seven. Carnal Christians, when neglected, they become angry. And when they sus- suspect changing attitudes towards them, they are hurt. When they are neglected, that there is no attention been paid to them, they get angry and they are very jealous. Because usually carnal Christians usually is very possessive. I see this with a lot of parents. They are possessive of their children. And especially mothers, they're very possessive. I have even seen this where mothers is 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 possessive of their husbands and don't the husbands that have good relationships with their daughters. I've seen husbands that is possessive uh, of their wives and don't the wives that have a good relationship with their sons. Carnality. Carnality. It's amazing. How can a parent be envious of the children? Listen, it's happening all the time. It's carnality. And if they don't deal with this carnal nature, if they're not willing to die, this is the key. And you can't cast out the flesh. You can cast out demons, but you cannot cast out the flesh. Think about it. The only way a demon can enter into a person's life by open door, the doors that is open to your soul is through the Adamic nature. You open up the door. And you can take it to the bank. I guarantee you, if some of these characteristics and attributes, you see yourself in there, I guarantee you, there's demonic activity present. Because the only way they can come in through the Adamic nature. Let's move on. Are you getting something tonight? All right. Number eight. A carnal Christian, they are easily they easily become intimate. Excuse me. Easily become intimate with people. For they literally thrive on such affection. They are so vulnerable. I mean, they they they, they need they need to be needed. They need to be needed. Uh, uh, these kinds of people. Uh, that so easily become uh, uh, intimate with people uh, uh, is a revelation that there's tremendous wounds there. And the reason they're so easily they become intimate with people because they're, they're using these people 
feel a need. They use these people to master hurts, to master wounds. And they really believe that these people, if a person befriends them, they love them. They really love them. And they thrive on the person's affection. Not only, not only do a carnal believer thrive on their, uh, their affection, but they put a demand on their affection. They put a demand on their affection. How, you'll never tell me you love me. I tell you I love you all the time, but you, you, you don't never tell me you love me. What do that reveal? The only reason they told you that they love you because they want to put a demand on you to say the same thing. They don't really love you. They only say it because they want it to be reciprocated. So what that reveals? A carnal Christian is selfish. Their motive is their motive cannot be spiritual and it cannot be pure because if they're carnal, it's impossible unless they die to themselves. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit? You need to go ahead and call your family and friends, get them on this line. You need to call everybody you know to get them on this broadcast today and and, and get this. So we can get set free. And the only way we can be free is die. Paul said, I die daily. That's the only way. That's the only way. You cannot cast out flesh. Flesh has to die. Jesus, if any man is going to come after me, the first thing he got to do is what? Deny himself. Take up his cross so he can follow him. Before I go on, tonight we have a question. All right. All right. You're online, Eric. Eric, six oh seven. What is your question? Yes, sir. Um, this is Lady B. I recognize that a lot of that carnality is found within me, and I'm just coming clean with you. And uh, but I'd like to know how true. Die daily because a lot. I mean, on a scale of from one to ten, I can see myself at eight, if not ten. So I just want to know how do we die daily? Because I recognize that knowing scriptures and all that stuff is not even um, it's not what it's all about. I've heard you say it's all about relationship. It's about your flesh, the killing of the flesh. But how do you really kill the flesh when you're Dealing with situations and circumstances and uh, and uh, ooh, a whole lot of other things that I can go on, on about. But. Very good question. Very good question. And, uh, and so many other people, most likely, uh, it's on the same scale that you just articulated. And God will grace you and bless you because of your honesty. And trust me, uh, uh, this is why we don't see the power of God in our churches. We don't see the power of God in our homes. It's because of carnality. That's the greatest enemy. So the question was, how do I die daily? How do I die? Uh, how do I kill the flesh? That is the trick of the flesh. See, we so we don't understand. The flesh is a master. You can't. You. It is so manipulative. It is so slick. It is so cunning. The flesh will do spiritual things for you not to uh, 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 send it to the cross. It'll do spiritual things. So she said, how do you die daily? And see, see, if you don't understand this right here, what I'm about to say, the majority of people have heard these, uh, these, these teachings in Panorama. People have heard these. I sent these uh, CDs to certain preachers. See, we can hear all this stuff, and we still try to kill the flesh ourselves. You cannot. It's impossible for you to kill the flesh. It's impossible for me to kill the flesh. How do people normally try to kill the flesh? Fasting. And what people don't realize and understand, even though people heard me say this, and I see that same old thing around me, the more, when you fast to try to kill the flesh, what you don't realize and understand, you just strengthen the flesh. You just made the flesh more powerful to dominate your life. Know why? Because you are trying to deal with something that only the Holy Spirit can deal with. Romans 8, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 11 or 13, 
talks about how the flesh, uh, uh, we mortify the flesh through the spirit, the spirit. Only the spirit of God can lead my flesh and your flesh to the cross. But how, how do the Holy Spirit do that? Because he don't make me go to the cross. He don't make me die. He'll make me. He helped me. If I yield to him and submit to him and surrender to him, what he's going to do, what he's going to do, he's going to convict me. Give you an example. Let's make it practical, ladies and gentlemen, because the, the sister said, with all the circumstances and situations around me, and blah, blah, my God, how many don't have? We live in an Adamic world. We live in a sin-stricken world. The Bible says the whole world lieth in darkness. The whole world. But the scripture says it lies in darkness. So here we are. Born-again believers in the midst of all this wickedness, but watch this right here. When we, if we're carnal, we have allowed this darkened world to affect us because a carnal Christian is darkened. The light has been darkened. What's the light? The light is our spirit. And who lightens our spirit? The Holy Spirit. So let's make it practical. Well, all this chaos that's around us. How, how do we die daily? Ladies and gentlemen, the number one thing, the number one thing, I'm going to ask you a question. And I know you're going to tell me yes, but you don't understand the yes. You don't understand what it means, the yes that you're going to tell me. If I ask you, do you believe God? Love you. You're going to tell me yes. I'm going to ask you, do you believe God is sovereign? You're going to tell me yes. If you believe he's omnipotent and omniscient, omnipresent, you're going to tell me yes. If I ask you, do you believe that God ordered your steps, you're going to tell me yes. You're going to tell me yes to all of it. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Sound just like the church. Now, watch this right here. If that being true, if that being true, that God is all of that. Now, he is all of that, but is he all of that to me? Is he all of that to me, then what will be the evidence that he's all of that to me? When hell breaks out around me in this realm, if I know that there is a pressure on my job, this is practically illustrated, if there's pressure on my job, uh, people has come against me on my job, people is lying on me on my job, you say, how do you die? By submitting to that and knowing that God ordered it. And then you trust in God. Your faith is in God. God, I don't understand everything that is around me. I don't understand what's going on around me. And watch it right here. The first thing we're going to do is start binding. I bind this devil. You cannot bind an order, a order, a, pro a process. If God ordered your steps, if God ordered that, well, why would God order somebody to come against me and lie on me? Why would God order that? Well, you just ask the question, how do you die daily? Because he's trying to get you to die. And how do you know you die? When you don't respond, when you don't take matters into your hands. And that's where it's a revelation that you, you are dying to yourself or have died that, that day to that situation. You don't get in the argument. You don't defend yourself. You don't protect yourself. That's how we die daily. But so therefore, God put you and I in a death situation every day. But who yields to the process of death? That flesh rise up. That flesh want to protect itself. Because the flesh like to look good. The flesh don't want to look like it's weak. The flesh tell you, don't you take that. You don't let nobody talk to you that way. You don't let nobody deal with you that way. You don't let nobody handle you that way. You're a child of God. You're a woman of God. You're a man of God. You don't, you, you don't, listen, you don't let nobody think you're a punk. You ain't no sissy. Stand up for yourself. And parents tell their children the same thing. Set them up for a fall. Set them up for a fall. And that's so the children would never get to know God. Because the parents don't know God, and the parents cannot lead the children in knowing God. 
It's not one time we have I have ever counseled my daughters uh, that when somebody come against you, you better rise up and you better knock them out, whatever the case may be. I teach them to deal with it in the realm of the spirit. That's what I teach my children. Well, that's what I do. So I can't tell them something I don't do. I can't tell them something what I have not done. So therefore, if I'm carnal, then I'm going to give my children carnal advice. And that is the problem with the majority of Christian parents in the body of Christ. They are carnal, but yet they quote scripture and go to church. So that's how you die daily. You die, in other words, never defending yourself. What do the Bible say? It's in the book of First Timothy, uh, First Peter, uh, chapter one, and I think it's around about chapter two. I think it's around about verse uh, uh, twenty-one, twenty-two. And the Bible says, uh, even Christ uh, suffered, leaving us an example. The Bible says, a bruised reed he did not break. When was, when when they reviled him, he reviled not again. When they threatened him, he threatened not. That's what Scripture says. That's how you die. What is scripture? And he he submitted himself, he committed himself into the hands of God, who judges righteously. That's how you die. He is the judge. He the only one can bring you out. You let him become your protector. And that's the problem with the carnal Christians. We have never experienced God because we always forfeit the opportunity to experience him. You know how we want to experience him in a revival service? You know how we want to experience him? Amen. Through, through a, a prayer meeting and the glory come, the presence come. That don't sustain you. That don't keep you. What keeps you when God allows you to go into the valley of the shadow of death and you take what you got out of the prayer meeting and you hold on to it in the valley of the shadow of death, holding on, knowing what he revealed to you on the mountaintop, he will manifest himself to you in the valley. But that's the problem in the church. That's the problem in the church. Let me let me read read, read read some more of these characteristics and attributes of carnality. My prayer to God that you, you, you're getting something from the Lord, and he's challenging you uh, today. Because watch this right here. Watch this right here. A carnal Christian is saved, but they're their own Lord. They say they're their own God. They say they're their own protector. They'll say they're their own provider. A carnal Christian cannot walk by faith because they're dominated and governed by their senses. Dominated. But yet they're Christian. Yet they're Christian. But have absolutely no idea that every time you, you operate in the flesh, you open up the door to satanic and demonic manipulation. You give demons a right to you. You give demons a right to you. Let's move on, if you will. Number nine, characteristics and attributes of carnality, of carnal Christians. They exhibit the sentiment of inseparability, the appearance of a slight change in the relationship will cause their soul intense pain. They exhibit the sentiment of inseparability. In other words, they love you as long as it appears that you love them. But the moment, the moment it seems like that they care about somebody else, what it says, that a carnal Christian is very possessive. A carnal Christian is very possessive. They can't they don't know how to have healthy relationship. They they don't know how they don't think because they're not givers. So that means they're not sharers. So they don't want whoever they love to show any kind of affection to anybody else but them. They feel like if the who they love show any kind of affection to anyone else, they feel like they've been abandoned. They feel like that, that individual has turned on them. How could you love somebody else when I'm showing you all this love? You're supposed to love me and me only. Oh, yeah. That's carnality. It's dangerous. When you begin to see these people, oh, oh we see the people killing their uh, spouses, killing their children, and killing themselves. Oh, 
Well, we that, that's demonic. I mean, uh, carnality is demonic too. But but uh, I'm talking about uh, 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 Christians now, uh, carnal Christian persons are Christian, but still walking by the dictates and creeps in their flesh. They don't know how to share. And 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 you see this sometimes in households. The the the, the person that feel like they are the black sheep of the family is usually that kind of person there. They they feel like that the that's how they easily manipulate that the parent love one of the siblings more than themselves. And sometimes that's true too. Some they have carnal parents. And what's a carnal parent? A carnal parent only gravitates towards a child that obeys them. And the one that don't obey them, they have an issue with them. That's a carnal parent. A, a parent should never show partiality. But if you're carnal, that's the only thing you're able to do because you don't know anything best because you feel like the one that obeys you love you. This child is always going through and taking me through all this hell, whatever the case may be. You don't want to have anything to do. You put them in a box. You box them. You cut them off. You cut them off from your affection. You cut them off from your love because they won't obey you. That's a carnal parent. That's an immature parent. A parent that have never received the love of God. A carnal person has never received the love of God. I wouldn't say receive the love. They have never experienced and put it that way. They have never experienced the love of God. See, you can receive a thing, but don't have never experienced it. See, the Bible says, herein is the love of God made perfect. First John 4, 17, if I'm not mistaken. Herein is the love of God made perfect, that you have boldness in the day of judgment. Do you understand what that is saying? The love of God, how can the love of God be made perfect? If God is love, God is perfect. If God is perfect, his love is perfect. Then how in, how in the world can the love of God be made perfect? It has to be made perfect in you. It's perfect, but it's not perfect in you. Oh, it's perfect, but it's not perfect in you because you won't let the love of God become perfected in you. But how does the love of God become perfected? Just like anything grow. Everything grow in, 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 in a, a, a hostile environment. Growth takes place pressure. Seed sown into the ground in a hostile environment. The ground is a hostile environment. Once the seed is sown into it because of the soil, the pressure, the temperature, the heat, uh, uh, breaking on down on that seed. Why? What's the goal? Is to cause that seed to die, to cause that shell to crack, that the life in the seed will begin to come out. Same principle, ladies and gentlemen. I got to die. Never seen so much carnality. And we want the power of God. We want to move of God, but we're not willing to die. We're not willing to die. And what do the Bible tell us? If any man going to come out to them, the first thing he has to do is what? Deny himself. What do the, do, do the word deny mean? Pay no attention to yourself. Forget about yourself. Lose sight of yourself. Lose sight of your interests. Pay no attention to your interests. Carnality, you fight for your interests. Carnality, you fight for your rights. And not understanding. You gave all rights up the moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You have no rights. Your carnality, you are taking ownership of something that belongs to somebody else. You gave your life away. You have no rights. None. So you have to die. So God puts you in a situation, put me in a situation to die to my rights. As so much witchcraft in marriages. Husband believe they got a right, they own their wives. Wives believe they own their husband. That's witchcraft. You don't know that's what you're operating in, but that's what you're operating in. You're taking ownership of God's property. These are my children. Witchcraft. You don't know it. But those children belong to you. They belong to God. Oh, you would say the right thing, but do the carnal thing. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. And and saddest thing about carnality, it's so prideful, it will never harm itself to try to learn something from somebody else. How many parents, biblical parents, 
how many Christians, people that's confession Christianity, is struggling, don't know how to be a, a biblical parent. Won't, won't, won't submit yourself. Won't harm yourself. Say, well, listen, I see that you seem like you, you, you all have a decent family. Could, could you help me? You can't help nobody that's not willing to submit in years. But when you think you already know everything, and when you haven't been around nobody to challenge you, it's not going to happen. So we got another question here. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, sir. This is Lady B again. Uh, with the situation regarding children, I found out I am 59 next month that 36 years of my life I have rescued my children, my grown children. And I, uh, through sitting under your teachings, I have seen that I have not allowed them to know God for themselves. And so uh, that's a form of carnality. But now that they're all out of my house now, I call myself letting two people come into my home, and I believe maybe God is using it. No, 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 don't be airing out your dirty laundry on this broadcast. Well, no, it's not dirty. I just wanted to locate whether I'm I'm being... I need you to ask the question. question. Okay. Um, Rescue. Do you rescue? Well, first of all, I didn't seek the face of the Lord regarding situations. So do you rescue? When you say rescue, because I read that on the blog where you said in 002 where you say you rescue people. Let me do this right here. Let me me, me, me just answer your question. Okay. Now, you talked about how what you did with your children, and now they're out of your house. Because they're out of your house, don't means it's over. Damage has been done. Wisdom would be for you to begin to intercede and ask God to give you, grant you repentance for the damage that you did ignorantly. And how many? How many? I know. Listen, I know grown people right now. I know a man right now. Uh, 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 always rescuing his 34-year-old son, 34, 35-year-old son, always rescuing them out of circumstance and situation. And so well, that, that's what a parent is supposed to do. Show me that in the Bible. Show me that in the Bible. Show me in the Bible where, when, when God tells somebody to do something and they rebel against God, he go rescue them. Show me in the Bible when God, did God rescue Korah, Dathan, and Byron? The earth opened up and swallowed them up. That was his children. Show me in the Bible, did, did Jesus rescue uh, uh, Judas? Show me in the Bible. Did the prodigal uh, son, father, run after him to rescue him? Show it to him in the Bible. And then we'll turn around and say, you know, I let some people in my house, uh, and, and, and maybe I was rescued. Where's that coming from? The, I want everybody to understand, this radio program is not for y'all to get on this program and then air stuff out and be thrown off of it. That ain't happening here. That's carnality. It's amazing. We teach about carnality, and then we'll get on here, and then we'll display carnality? No, you get on here because you want some answers to a solution, but you don't you don't expose nobody when you're dealing with yourself. That's carnality. Because we don't really want a solution. We just want to expose everybody. That's a part of your mess that we got ourselves into. And that ain't even the point. The point is this right here. Then then See, you make yourself look bad because you've been sitting under the seat for so long and yet still living and operating the same way. I mean, what can we say? That means you have been resisting the Spirit of God because we can be hearers of the Word and not doers of the Word because after all of these teachings, and not forget about the teachings, look at the life. Look at the life of people that's around us that is living this thing and got things in, 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 in order by the grace of God. It's only by the grace of God. Are we understanding, ladies and gentlemen? So, so God will grace us to make the adjustments. And now when we see we made mistakes with our grown children, then you have an obligation responsibility since they're all out of your house. Because somebody out of your house, it ain't over. Especially you cause the damage. And what you think they, what's going to happen with them since they're out of your house? They're going to do the same thing to their children that you did to them. 
unless they enter in a relationship with somebody to submit to mentorship and serve under the word of the Lord and become a doer of the word and not a hearer of the word. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get this thing together. Let's get our act together. Let's, 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 come on, let's, 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 let's divinely align so we can begin to walk in the strength and the power of this thing. Carnality, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest enemy. See, we can operate and don't even know operating. That's what just happened. We can operate in it and don't even know we operate it. We're so entrenched in it because we focus on ourselves. Carnality focuses on self. Carnality is so, is so manipulative and deceiving our flesh. All of our flesh. Everybody in the world flesh is demonic. It is deceptive. And it loves uh, some kind of way to make itself shine, to look good. It'll even operate in false humility, flesh, just to get some attention, just to get something turned, uh, the light shining on it. It'll walk in the guise of humility, but it's false humility. Because the motive really is for the light to be shining on them. And it sounds like it is sympathy, but it's not. Ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus is not exalted in it, and Jesus, and you'll never have to expose a person to exalt yourself, to bring attention to yourself. That's carnality. That's carnality. Especially when everybody knows your situation. That's carnality. You don't make anybody else look bad. You don't put anybody down. And it's amazing. You want to know something? Jesus never put anybody down to get his, cross, his point across. He did not put, put down the woman that was caught in adultery put her down to get his point across to the men that wanted to stone her. I want to close with this. My time has been up, been up, but we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll finish it tomorrow or we'll have to wait till next week before we do this. But let me close on this note to show you in the Word of God what spirituality is. Let's, I want this particular, uh, all of, everyone that's listening on this line tonight, I want you to tell me this right here. Is, are you operating in this right here? Since we want to talk about carnality. I'm just talking about relationship and the things we did wrong, or whatever the case may be, our motive has got to be right. And if, I let, if you let somebody in your house without consulting him, I mean, what can you say? And, then, and God is using them to expose you. What can you say? I was given an illustration in our leadership training the other day. I guess when you are what you are, regardless of the climate, you are it. You are female. If you are male, cold weather can't change your nature. If you're down here in South Florida, where it's been very warm this winter, it cannot change your nature because God gave you that nature. Now, we have a dual nature, born-again believers. we got our Adamic nature and we got the divine nature. But Paul tells us, we are to, Peter tells us, excuse me, that you and I must be partakers of the divine nature. Now, let's look, look at this. I'm going to close with this. My time way been up, but listen to this right here. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. This is the Amplified Version. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit, should set him right and restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority and with all gentleness, Keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. So let me ask you this question. When you brought these individuals into your house, evidently they've been cutting up, evidently they haven't been following rules and regulations, evidently they have failed. Have you called, allowed their failure to cause you to fail? Then you can't help them because you need help yourself. Are we getting this, ladies and gentlemen? Verse 2 says, Bear, endure, carry one another's burdens and troublesome moral faults. And in this way, fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ, the Messiah, and complete what is lacking in your obedience. 
I'm going to complete what is lacking in me when I focus on how can I restore you. That's spirituality because I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the need of someone else. Carnality never thinks about what's best for somebody else. Carnality always thinks about what is best for itself. Carnality cannot stand. If carnality thinks somebody is going to succeed them, get over on them, going to have more than them, carnality will do anything to destroy that person so they can be on top. Carnality has to be on top. Spirituality never has to be on top. Spirituality already knows it's on top because Christ is the all in all. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your host, Dr. J. McKenzie. I pray that the Lord God has ministered something to you tonight that would challenge your thinking. And I know he did. Challenge your thinking as a man of God, as a woman of God, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, as parents, as leaders. Whatever the case may be, I pray that you challenge your thinking. I pray to God that you have a spirit of humility, that you will yield to it and surrender to it, because only he knows all your situation on this broadcast today. So let's take it. Let's time to grow. We want the power of God to flow in our life. It can't flow because I refuse to die. Power comes when I die. The spirit comes when I die. The spirit is active when I'm dying. If I'm, I'm not, if I'm not dead, I'm still alive, then the spirit of God is inactive in me. This has been your host once again, Dr. E. J. McKenzie with the Master Key. God bless you. Let the rest of your night be blessed. Friends, you have a sweet sleep and let your dreams and visions be induced by the spirit of the living God. God bless you.